and welcome to today's Conversation with Kerry podcast. Today we are joined by Nadia Finer. Nadia is an amazing business coach for the shy and introverted among us. She is a speaker, author and hosts a wonderful podcast that you should run and check out when this one is finished called Little Voice Big Business. Welcome to the podcast, Nadia. I was hello, waving at you then and then realised you couldn't see me, which was fun. <laughs> waving at you in the ether. Uh, well, I'm waving at you too, but I'm trying not to move any part of my body um, so that I don't make clattering sounds on the recording. <laughs> well done. It's a skill. Podcast recording is a skill. So today we're going to be talking about how you start talking about your business. And the reason I want to bring this up in a podcast is twofold really one of the main things that people reach out to me about on instagram is is how you start how you start a business and and i think well that's really easy you just get involved and you you know do these steps body body bar there's there's coaching there's courses there's all this stuff out there and when you dig a little bit deeper what they actually mean is how do you even start approaching it yourself or how do you approach it in your mind how do you start speaking about it and in our courses and also in our online community a lot of women have said that they run their business in secret and i just found this the the, the like the funniest phenomenon so i started to look into it and there's actually tons of data that suggests that women work for up to 2 years on their businesses before they even tell anyone about it and i couldn't quite believe it so i really wanted to bring it up in case our listeners or people in in our communities might be feeling exactly the same and might not know how to approach it and I thought it would be a, a great thing to talk about with you about how we start to broach those conversations and and talk about what we're doing in the early stages of our business and I know that you deal a lot with confidence and and issues around shyness so I thought you'd be a wonderful guest and I know that you're going to have a lot to talk about on this topic. Oh yes well, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's completely counterintuitive, the idea that you would start a business and then potentially for two years, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. How can you get any clients or customers if nobody knows, if it's a secret business? A secret um, hobby, a little secret yeah. hobby, I think. And I think that was part of the the issue because I... Uh, or one of the problems I think if you can you really take your business seriously if you're not willing to start you know talking about it how do you go about you know scheduling your week or even giving it the right amount of time if you you know you can't even open up those first few words of telling people that it is even a thing yeah you well you can't I mean there's no way you can get customers or clients there's there's no way that you're owning your business if it's secret um if it if you're kind of um fiddling around with it um in private so to speak um it seems to me that you're preparing um you're preparing for something and you're potentially doing that for up to two years in order to make it good enough in your own mind to to be seen um, to share with people and I think it comes down to this idea that when it's when it's looking a certain way when you've done enough research when you've developed your products enough it'll be worthy um or um yeah good enough for 
for public consumption. However, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of flies in the face of logic, really, um, on so many levels, because um, I believe, actually, that we should start talking about things almost before we've made them. I remember a long, 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 long time ago, um, I worked for a consultancy, and we had this kind of motto where we would... Um, look to be paid to develop things so we kind of sell them in before we've made them um, mm -hmm. and then we would develop them as part of the project so the idea being that you weren't spending time making stuff um, and not being paid to do so um, everything was built and I like this approach when it comes to business too that um, you want to be sure of something before you put it out there but better to kind of have a, a, a gut feel and then test it um, test it as you build it um, and then ideally kind of pre-sell it so that you're being paid to make it and I know that both of us have done kind of crowdfunding campaigns um, mm -hmm. so I used this approach when I wrote my book, Little Me Big Business, I actually kind of pitched it and got people to buy into the idea of it um, and pay for it before I'd written it. So then yeah. I knew when I was writing it that I had an audience and I was basically being paid to write it rather than, you know, spending a year or so writing something, getting to the end and going, oh. <laughs> now no, more hard work starts to do the pitching that is something yeah. I learned from you actually being part of your community was this this idea of selling it first because I am I like to say a recovering perfectionist and I know that previously I have probably spent far too long perfecting trying to perfect something before you put it out there in the world and this is something that through research the research that's come through has shown that um, a lot of people stop because of reasons of perfectionism, which we know crushes a lot of women. Um, so it was really good that you just you just touched on that. But yes, it is, you know, thinking about when I first heard, you know, see if anyone's going to buy it before you build it. I thought, oh, my God, you know, I can't charge someone something for something that's not even there yet like it sounded like the most horrific thing in the world but once you make that shift in your brain to think mm. well then you can build it you know you can build it once someone's bought it it actually for me works really well because I work better um with a deadline yeah so I know that if I've sold something I have to do it <laughs> by a certain point because someone's paid for me for it they expect it to be done by this date but also it if you know for a lot of women who struggle with the financial aspect of a business who are maybe charging too little for their services we know this happens um yeah. it gets that kind of money rolling I and mean, i have said and a million people have said but you know i hate women having expensive hobbies i really you really need to be earning money if you're a business if you're not earning money there is no point in pushing it forward so kind of taking that you know either crowdfunder or pre-sale model is a yeah. brilliant way you know getting over that and you can't do that unless you are willing to talk about what you're doing exactly and the thing with talking is it's a conversation um so that implies it's two-way mm -hmm. um and therefore you're getting feedback on your idea so yeah. if you keep it to yourself and you you decide oh this 
this is the way it's going to be. I know um, I'm making it perfect before I get any input from anybody else. Um, and then I'll share it. Well, you're missing out, I think, on um, adjusting, um, adjusting your idea or your product um, based on feedback that you get from others. And uh, what better way to get paid feedback than to yeah. sell it? <laughs> Okay. And then you can make some changes, improve it as you go along. Um, and then that just kind of takes the pressure off, I think, rather yeah. than the big ta-da at the end. And, you know, not only have you not had any feedback, but you've potentially not built an audience because you've built, you've been silent. Um, yeah. So building an audience is really, really important when you're launching something because you've, I mean, sometimes I think, gosh, this is so obvious, but I will say it anyway. Um, then you have a ready-made bunch of people who want to buy from you. Um, if you keep it secret right up to the last minute, then you do the big ta-da and it's crickets. You know, yeah. there's, there's no one there and it's really disheartening, not just because it's hard to sell to nobody, but also you've done all this work. <laughs> you've spent all this time and money um and it's a lot easier to kind of get um you know pretty fed up yeah quickly um when you do the big reveal you don't sell many apart from to your family and a couple of friends um and then you're like damn what do i do now um yeah. so all that can be avoided i think if you start talking about it sooner yes i mean i understand why people don't want to tell anybody there's a lot of reasons why it's tempting to keep it to ourselves and you know particularly when you're starting a business we fear judgment from others um we perhaps have friends and ex-colleagues um family who we're connected with on social media and we worry that when we start talking about this business idea of ours um, people are going to go, oh, God, what's she doing now? Yeah. What's she up to? Um, you know, they're, they're going to judge us, think we're silly, think we're not good enough. Um, so that can put us off before we've we've even started. And I think for many of us, those, the fear of judgment and kind of falling short tends to squash our, um, our dreams and our, our voice. Yeah. Really. The um, so the largest portion of people um, focused on perfectionism, and the second largest um, group of people who were working away in secret were actually doing so because of fear of failure, mm-hmm. um, which is something we talk about in our community a ton, and I know that you probably do as well. Anyone I think who works with women talks about fear of failure all the time, um, but. Yes, working away and fearing that it might not work. And I think this ties in really well because if you are talking about your business early on, you're able to make those pivots and changes, little tweaks along the way um, that can help you, you know, make it more of a success. There is still a chance it might fail. I think we need to, you know, get over the facts of that. And I failed at a ton of things and it yeah, doesn't matter. Too. You just find another thing and, <laughs> uh, and move it along. Um, once you, but it takes a while to get into that mindset. So um, what would you say about fear of failure and starting to overcome that both in your head, but also talk about that? Because we mentioned briefly their friends and family. 
And mm-hmm. I know I've had a lot of conversations with very well-meaning people around me. And really what they're trying to do is keep you safe. You know, they have yeah. that fear of failure. And sometimes that can be projected onto you or onto a person and it's not really helping them. So how do you think we can talk to both women about getting over this fear of failure, but also give them the confidence to kind of quiet people who might have that fear of failure for them? Yeah, well, oh, there's a lot to say. So, um, okay, where to begin? Um, first of all, I would say that the idea, I, I, I do not even consider failure as a thing. Um, I have lots of fears and worries and doubts and anxieties, but to me, failure just isn't one of those because nothing is finite. Um, yeah everything is a kind of work in progress so uh, when I have an idea or I work with clients on something um it might not work but then we just change it like you said we make it work Mm -hmm. so this this idea that you're going to try something and it's going to flop so completely (laughs) that it's it's um not even salvageable um I think that's just not a thing because the chances are you have an idea, you based it on some kind of insight or some kind of problem that you saw that needed solving, and you come up with a solution. And whether or not the solution you've got in your mind at the moment is the right one or the perfect one, um, we'll get to the right idea. And it's, it's not just even having the right idea, it's about the execution. And there are so many variables when you launch um, a business that will be the difference between um, selling a ton or selling a few. So there's no such thing really as failure because when it doesn't work out how you want um, it to do, it's not like, oh my God, I failed, I'm going to bin the whole thing, it's (laughs) over. I'm taking to my bed and I'm never getting up again. (laughs) That is just not the reality the reality is you think right why didn't why didn't it work this time was it my message that wasn't quite right is it my price um, am I targeting the wrong people do I need to tweak my formula or um, go back to my prototype like what do I need to change to make this work so I think there's a big shift away from um, the idea that something is either successful or not yeah um, it's work in progress, so there's that. Then um, you touched on the the well-meaning, in inverted commas, <laughs> family and friends, and I think you know who um, I'm talking about. I have my own people. <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, have I them. Think, yeah, we all do. And um, so I always kind of refer back to my grandma, actually, uh, Lily, bless her she's 93 now I think and um, her sort of tagline <laughs> or favorite phrase is what do you want to do that for <laughs> so when you say oh I'll go to university grandma what do you want to do that for oh, I'm going to live abroad what do you want to do that for etc etc and I think you know it's not that she's narrow-minded it's just that she wants you to be safe yeah And so when you have um, these well-meaning people, I choose to believe they are well-meaning. 
I choose to believe they're not evil and trying to sabotage all hopes of success and happiness. Um, I think they're trying to make sure you don't fail in their eyes because they want to look after you. So a lot of messaging that you receive when you're starting a business comes from that place. Um, There's also potentially some jealousy where people are, you know, stuck in jobs they don't like or they haven't come up with an idea or they recognise they don't have the courage to start something themselves. And so the messaging that you hear is, you know, the what do you want to do that for messaging. But really it means, gosh, I'm so impressed with you for doing that. I wish I could have the courage. Um, And that's okay too. Then um, I think there's um, an element of, um, I never know whether things are actually a word, (laughs) unsureness. Yeah, we can say that's a word. (laughs) Yeah, we'll say that's a word. Um, In your delivery or in your own feelings towards yourself and your business that comes across. So the times when I've had more of the, you know, here's my 10 pence worth of advice which I definitely didn't ask for (laughs) from someone who basically knows nothing about the thing that I'm doing or you know people who do know about business and just wade in and start telling you what to do when you didn't even ask and those moments tend to come about when I'm when you're not that sure yourself yeah And you perhaps don't want to admit it to yourself, but you give off a vibe that says, I'm kind of doing this thing, I'm not really owning it, I feel a bit unsure, and people pick up on that and then they're trying to help you. So if you find that maybe you're getting a glut of these people, (laughs) um, it could just be the way you're talking about your business. Um, or that you have that you have your own doubts um people are complicated aren't they Um, things are never quite as straightforward as you think and people say stuff that's not they say it to you but it's not really about you or they say stuff to you but they really mean something else (laughs) or they say something to you which doesn't make any sense and it's (laughs) because you've given off a secret kind of vibe about something that you didn't know you were doing (laughs) <laughs> and then you've, ta- you've taken it all on board and it's yes. stressing you out for the next next six months it's it's difficult i think um we'll we'll move on to i don't want to lull into the next one too quickly but it's it is really it's really di- i've never met a group of people i work predominantly with mums and i've never met a group of people who take on other people's um opinions as mm. much as as the women that I've been working with over the last say two years I think we come in um, a lot of parents or mums particularly who are starting businesses maybe have left the workplace their confidence is is at that kind of lowest I would say they've come out from kind of like the workplace that they know and are secure in and they're going to launch into this new thing but also they have this weight of expectation from a ton of people and you can thank them for them but I tend to just kind of go, oh, yeah, thanks. That's an interesting opinion. Or thanks for that perspective. I'll bear it in mind. Uh, I'm not really going to, but they they feel better because they've said it. And I just yeah. dump it, let it go, chuck it in the lake. 
<laughs> Chuck it and get rid of it. That's get rid of it. That's yeah. very true. Um, and I will I will move on to um, our, our, the third biggest group, which was people who were panicky about money. Um, money, I think the mindset of money. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast you know, on itself. Um, money is a massive issue for, for many people in business, but particularly I think um, for startups and women, there is still a lot of, a lot of work to be done on the whole finance route. And when um, this research actually touched on it, it was fear of um, not having enough money, but also fear of charging. Yeah. Um, I've gone, you know, I've had my my money struggles I will openly admit I've talked about them uh, a ton a lot with undercharging and a lot with um, creating an expectation I think that you have to or I would have to earn a lot of money in order to be successful and the turnaround uh, for me was when I realized that I had no idea actually what success for me looked like I had seen success in magazines and of other people on the internet and in business and thought, right, well, this is what success looks like. So until I get to look like Jane over here with her business, then I am not <laughs> successful. And actually, when I earned my first £500 in a month, I felt really successful. When I was able to pay my mortgage, I felt really successful. And actually, when I boiled down what success actually meant for me, originally it was that I could earn a part-time living from my business that was that was good for me when I had Fred and he was really young I just wanted to still be at home I wanted to be pay the bills that came out of my bank account every month and I wanted to be able to run my car that was that was it but I think we get lulled into you know you need to buy a Tesla you need to have a you know <laughs> a country house you need to be on holiday all the time probably need a nanny and actually I, I didn't I mean I would like a Tesla if they're listening they could send me one but actually I'm, I'm a fiat kind of girl for the rest me of the time Yay. Um, and I'm fine with it but so many of us are tied up with this mystery look of success like what does success look like and we're not actually doing a lot of talking to women about actually what do you want to get out of business in the short term and in the long term what does being successful look like for you and actually it might not be tied into money we're all you know a lot of we have them kind of in, interlinked it might be that you want to earn you know a bajillion pounds or you want to do six figure launches and all this kind of stuff but also equally it might be that you want to try something you know you want to earn a little bit of extra money so you can pay for a family holiday every year and you're happy with that and from this research and, and certainly from talking to women in our in my community I we have to do a lot of work with getting people to think about what they actually want out of business because there's so much noise out there I think you'll probably agree mm, that it's hard yeah. to find out and focus on what is your voice and what is your dream and what is your vision and not that of somebody else's it's really easy to get sucked into other people's ideas of success and when you think about it the people who are successful are often the ones who are talking a, a good game. So yes. the people we see being successful, um, as opposed to the quiet successful ones who are perhaps getting on with their business 
manufacturing corner pieces for scaffolding or something like that <laughs> you don't see them because they're busy no. and they're just doing it quietly um in the background but the people who you see the ones with the big instagram followings the ones giving big keynote speeches the ones kind of lording it <laughs> over everybody and showing off a little bit are a certain type of person so for me um what happened was the vi my vision of success became really skewed because it was a combination of the things i was seeing mm -hmm. family pressure um, yep. so thinking about what my you know and, and i've done work on this so i can see it now <laughs> but like what my you know my parents think of as successful it also doesn't exactly help that my mother is a hugely successful inventor so there's some pressure coming in from there as well um combined with successful siblings etc etc and you start to oh yeah and i went to a really high pressure school so i had already got a weird sense of what success looked like from there so you start to see that our interpretation of success comes from strange places and often we don't actually do enough thinking about what we want as individuals and what success looks like for us and it's taken me a really long time to get to the point where i have an understanding of what i want um, for my own life. I mean, I even had a, a crazy business experience, um, which I've written about in my book, actually, um, where I went into business with someone who had a really different sense of what success looked like. Um, and it changed everything about the business. It changed, you know, it, it changed a lot of things and it was not comfortable for me. Um, there's different ways of being successful. And in the work I'm doing now with shy people as part of my shy and mighty project, um, it's interesting how we see this one ideal of success, um, this kind of almost Americanized version of success, which comes from, you know, the land of opportunity, the bold and the brave, etc. <laughs> yep. But there's different ways of being successful. And I really try to embody that for myself, this idea of shy and mighty, so being successful but in my own honest, kind of quiet way. And I try to help my clients to do the same. And I would say if you you know if you're listening and you're thinking actually I don't really know what it is I want, um the problem is when you don't know what you actually are aiming for, you won't get well, you won't get there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and if you're heading towards something you don't really deep down actually desire, you won't get there either. So if you think you want something which is, you know, the six figures, the flouncy dresses, the big hair, the high heels, um, the glamorous lifestyle, but you don't really want it, but everything you're doing is heading in that direction, well, you won't be successful because you're subconsciously resisting getting there and that's kind of what happened to me i didn't really want the things i was aiming for um because they felt really uncomfortable um yeah. and not actually the things i like so um it didn't work out so well but it wasn't until i 
I found a truer kind of purpose, something I really, really believe in, something which aligns with um, my kind of uniqueness. Um, and it wasn't until I had the courage to kind of shape it to be the thing that I actually want um, that things start to fall into place. Um, and I suppose um, if you're if you feel that sense, it's sort of invisible feels like invisible kind of resistance bands wrapped around your body, pulling you back. Um, if you feel like that and you can't quite seem to achieve your goals, the chances are you don't really want them and that they're not right for you. So you perhaps need to do a bit of work to figure out where you really do want to be heading. I would 100% agree. It's <clears throat> It's so difficult to not get sucked into the whole mill of chasing these huge dreams and it, it can be quite difficult to kind of set your own goals but like your own goals should be so exciting for you that it's so much easier for you to you know strive towards them and 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 do all these things start talking about your business start telling customers about your business you know start building that audience and start earning that money like it should if you if you have those things in alignment it shouldn't feel you know so pressured so maybe maybe the not talking about your business is a little bit about the fact that that maybe it's not quite right for you or maybe you've not set the right goals you're not set on the right path and maybe you know also like we said like you just don't know how to start having those conversations with people around you to push them out of the way to give you the space to start stepping um into your business future and your business goals the other thing i'd like to say well two oh so many things two <laughs> um first of all when you find the right thing um it's exciting and you almost can't help telling people yes um i remember having i had a friend a long time ago and we would always talk about business stuff and we were both working on our businesses we'd get together we'd drink coffee and we'd talk business and it was so fun and exciting um that i could not have kept my ideas and my plans to myself even if i'd wanted to um so i want you to have that sense of excitement to have that feeling that things are possible and that you just can't help yourself. But the key there was that I had this, you know, I have very specific people that I'm sharing with. Um, and even now, you know, I have friends who don't really get what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, they don't really understand my work. They're perhaps not always the, uh, maybe I should use friends in a looser sense. <laughs> <laughs> they're perhaps not the most uh, supportive sometimes or maybe they just don't listen yeah. maybe they've got too much of their own stuff going on um the key here is to find your people um and those people are potentially your ideal clients but they're also your kind of your buddies your business buddies and that is so important is surrounding yourself by people who you can talk to so if you find that maybe your partner is not the most supportive or your friends just don't get it doesn't mean you can't tell anyone about your business or that it should remain secret it just means that you maybe need to have some more um give a little bit more thought to who you're talking to and bring the right kind of people into your life so 
Um, one of the one of the main things I run at the moment is the Shine Mighty Society, and I think this is a really good example of building a tribe of people who are aligned. So I think that a lot of the the challenges that shy people face, um, we don't we obviously don't talk about them because we're shy, <laughs> but we maybe wouldn't admit them to other people. But when you're in a community where you have other shy people around you who get it, who are experiencing the same sort of stuff, you feel safe and you can share um, your plans and ideas and fears and worries with them. So yeah, if you're feeling blocked and alone and like you can't really share your business with anyone, then it's about choosing a community and taking control a little bit and bringing the right kind of people into your um, into your vision, I guess, and so that you can talk to them um, specifically about what you're doing rather than having a conversation that could fall on deaf ears with people who aren't really interested. Yeah, and with <laughs> anything, it's about taking those first tentative steps. So you you know, if you find a community online or you start you start talking to one one just one person, you find one person who you're able to have that conversation with and and just get it out there into the ether the next time it just gets a little bit easier and each time after that it's one you know more little steps that add up to not just the sharing but the building and starting to get yourself out there into the open yeah for sure um i think i i use that little steps approach with everything um because particularly when you have fears and doubts and insecurities, um, leaping into something is a bit of a big ask. And I think you're more likely to kind of freak yourself out and then not want to do it again. Um, whereas if you just take a small step forward, even a tiny one, then it's easier just to keep doing that, perhaps each day or week. And it, like you say, it builds. All those tiny it. steps add yeah, up to successful do. miles. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's so cheesy. I think we should put it on some sort of poster. <laughs> yeah. We've we've cut all the sayings today. The rucksacks of rocks. The, I know. The tiny mile. <laughs> I mean, just hire us. If you'd like to hire us for motivational speaking, we're available. <laughs> I think we'd be a good double act. You would. We're in there. We'll do it. Well, it's been lovely chatting to you today, Nadia. I will put a link in our show notes so people can find out more about your book your podcast and also the shy and mighty society i am a member for full transparency because i'm very shy no I no like, way no way <laughs> i like talking but i'm very shy and it is a great way to uh can like nadia said connect with like-minded people who can make you feel comfortable about sharing your weird inner fears and quirks and finding a tribe of people who are accepting and want to see you succeed in business so i'll pop details in the show notes about um, nadia's community and you can find her there 